welcome. I'm Alan Hargraves. This is Recharge On Air. Are strong opinions that useful? You know, firmly held ideas don't have a great track record. In terms of personal health and well-being, strong opinions don't have much to commend them at all. They're correlated with high blood pressure, anxiety and depression. Psychological studies say they are associated with ego rather than evidence and can be blamed for poor decision-making in times of stress. Yet we all have opinions, some of them quite useful. Where is the line between dysfunctional self-belief and a healthy point of view? Well, for a start, it helps to distinguish between strong opinions and sound opinions. Both are sourced in our experience, but our histories often have an emotional component which is not always positive. Strong opinions can often be anchored in negative events, bringing with them defensiveness, arrogance, fear and sometimes anger. They're not just destructive to you, but also to those around you, both at home and at work. Sometimes a good experience does the damage. At Research in Motion, both customers and management had a great experience with the BlackBerry, but they hung on to it so long, its share of the smartphone market has now fallen below 1%. Strong opinions can be useful. The problem is you don't know which ones are. Leaving them unchallenged or in the hands of a dominant personality or CEO means results can go either way. Theoretically, that's why companies have boards of directors. A Stanford Business School study found powerful CEOs prone to overconfidence, risk-taking, insensitivity and stereotyping. Other research shows them to produce highly volatile performance in both stock returns and returns on assets. People in charge need to be challenged, including you. There's a problem with being right. Several years ago, this column looked at the research of Philip Tetlock. He examined the predictions of over 20,000 forecasters over 20 years and found most to be wrong. Now, that wasn't that surprising. The real concern was that those who felt they were most right turned out to be those who were most wrong. Since then, Tetlock has worked on ways for people to improve their predictions – shining the torch of probability on their forecasts. It's something we perhaps should all do in the first place. Yet his work still shows most forecasters to be way off the mark. So if strong opinions turn out to be brittle, how can we curb their destructive power and make better decisions as a result? Well, what is a sound opinion? For a start, it's based on evidence, not ego. Being open to analysis yields better and more creative solutions than ones based on your own view being right. Even when refined, a sound opinion isn't rigid. While it's nice to have a worldview which speaks to logic or ideological purity, reality tends to be more to the grey. Success comes as much from muddling through as from crashing through. And lastly, a sound opinion accommodates change. A formula that might have proved successful in an MBA case study doesn't automatically apply elsewhere, either in time or space. When things change, change your opinion. It's the difference between being determined and being stubborn. Determining a sound opinion doesn't mean inertia. You still have to make decisions, but you need to check that your past experience is still relevant. For research in motion, it wasn't. Although the firm made minor changes to their flagship product, their solution to a changing environment was largely more of the same. 
That may have been a strong opinion based on their experience, whereas a sound opinion might have been a better option. I'm Alan Hargraves. This has been Recharge On Air. Thank you for listening.